Hey everybody, welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and I have another episode for you guys. Before I get into all that goodness though, I want to make sure I give a big shout out to our sponsors. First up, Eclipse Holsters. Guys, EclipseHolsters.com for everything that you need. Kydex. You, know, you need a holster, you need a mag carrier, dump trays. Uh, they, they, they're they developing alternative carry holsters now too. Stuff you can use with women's, uh, you know, conceal yoga pants. Uh, stuff you can Velcro to the side of the bed, Velcro into your messenger bag. Whatever you guys need, use our code PREPARED15. They're going to save you guys 15% off on your order. If you spend over $60, which is, you know, the price of a holster, uh, you're going to get free shipping. And Jess and her team right now, they're guaranteeing that in three business days or less, they're going to have your order in the mail. That's huge (laughs) given the state of shipping in the mail right now. Three days or less in the mail on its way to you so you can start carrying with your Eclipse Holsters holster. So head over and check them out, EclipseHolsters.com. Also, MyMedic. MyMedic.com is a supporting sponsor of The Prepared Mindset. Discount code MINDSET20 is going to save you 20% off on whatever you need. You need a, a tourniquet, right? You can never have enough. I find myself ordering tourniquets all the time. If you don't have a tourniquet to practice with, they got the colored one. They got the, the orange, the blue. Practice with those. Those literally are lifesavers. Uh, you need an actual first aid kit, something to take with you while you're out hiking, climbing, hunting, out with the kids on vacation, something just leave in the, in the car, you know, just, just in case. Their MyFAC is outstanding, next level stuff. They got it. It comes organized, guys, so that when you open that bad boy up, you've got all the good stuff. Everything you're going to be reaching for right away is right on top, and your heavier duty things like your your chest seals and stuff are deeper in there. Uh, it, it, it's a great setup. The MyFAC is awesome. They also do the advanced MyFAC that goes even further into cuts and uh, burn treatment and stuff. Uh, I, I they, they got a ton of stuff there. You can build your own. You can piece it together with them. You can purchase one of their pre-ordered ones. Again, our code is Mindset20. It's going to save you 20% off at MyMedic.com. So this week, guys, jumping into it, you know, here in Michigan, at least, I feel like we're pretty far behind the uh, <clears throat> we're pretty far behind the curve with uh, everybody opening back up, right? Started a couple months ago with uh, you know of of course Florida and uh, Texas, then you started to see more and more states follow suit. Now this it seems like this coronavirus pandemic may may finally be in our rearview mirror. You know, we may begin to the point where we can dare I say live life again live a normal life again uh you know and when i say live a normal life i mean places are open normal hours social distancing becomes a something that we make jokes about uh masks become something that only the ultra paranoid are wearing uh and unfortunately uh as i was reminded of today you know those people uh exist uh the people that are going to be wearing masks well into the future um you know and you'll see it we're we're all going to see it you're going to see it at the grocery store you're going to see it at work. Uh, some places are going to continue to mandate it. I personally, I think uh, for a bunch of people that they push the whole trust the science thing so super hard for so long, I think it's a little bit disingenuous that they're then going to turn around and say um, trust the science, but we're not going to trust it. We're going to make you we're going to make you wear this mask uh, anyways. I I think that's uh, paranoia, especially when you look at like 
you know, the percentage of people that are being vaccinated, the percentage of people that are being vaccinated with their first shot. Um, and I know not everybody trusts it, and that's your choice. You know, uh, we have the term anti-vaxxer is a thing in this country, and I understand that, you know what, given the relatively short amount of time and the lack of testing and everything, like, I, I 100% understand why people are hesitant about getting this vaccination. Uh, did I get it? Yeah, personally, I, I did opt to get the vaccine, but I had medical reason for doing so. I did the research on on my side of things. I looked into it. I spoke with experts that are both my doctor and other people's doctors, people that are uh, working in the pharmaceuticals industry that have nothing to do with writing scripts and, and prescribing medication. Uh, and I made an educated decision based on my own feelings and my own knowledge. I, and we talk about that a lot here, right? That's It's huge. Uh, and it, it goes way beyond, you know, your prepping and what piece of kit works well for you. Uh, but, you know, 70%, I think, is what the new number. It's right around 70% of people have at least one of the two shots. <clears throat> now, it was, I, I was admittedly a little bit surprised, um, you know, that we have to wait a month for the second shot. But that's just the the brand that I went with, the Moderna. That was the, That's the recommended uh, waiting period between the first shot and the second shot. And there's some wiggle room in there, but I mean, whatever, I'm not in that huge hurry. Uh, but I am excited, uh, at the prospect of being able to travel. Uh, you know, if I want to go to Vegas or something in the fall, you know, wife and I have been talking about that, uh, and, and just being able to go out again, you know, uh, this past weekend, Lexi and I celebrated our, our third wedding anniversary and it was super stupid, uh, you know, going out to the bar, having a good time, met up with a couple friends, had some drinks, and then 1030 rolls around and it's last call. And you think about it and, you know, I mean, yeah, at this point last year, nothing was even open. You know, we were just happy to be able to get carry out food for our anniversary last year. Uh, but it, it's just, you know, you remember the, the better times, right? You remember what things were like before these, uh, these restrictions. And for those of you guys listening out of state, uh, yeah, here in Michigan, we are, our bars and restaurants are still at uh, 35% capacity. Uh, that Now that does go up to a 50% uh, indoor capacity on June 1st. Or, yeah, June 1st. Um, so just after the Memorial Day holiday, a week from today, that gets lifted. Outdoor capacity gets, you know, full capacity, whatever. Um, no need for social distancing or facial coverings outside. We do still, however, have indoor restrictions of 50% and masks uh, up till July 1st here in Michigan. We have a lot of states. Texas, for example, is seeing a drastic drop in their cases. Um, but we're <laughs> we're still hanging around, doing our own thing up here in the mitten. Um, you know, ironically, for having a governor and some democratically uh, inclined leadership, some liberal leadership that, that screamed for over a year about trust the science. Um, now they are the ones who refuse to take the same science that's being spread across the rest of the country and apply it here. Uh, again, I just, I, I, the trampling of people's rights, I can't, I can't understand it. And the people that want to sit here, um, and bitch and moan and, oh, oh my freedoms. Oh, shut up. You know, you we're saving lives by listening to this government. Um, no common sense would, would save lives. Okay. Yeah. If you, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, if you have elderly parents, if you have elderly relatives, then you need to take those precautions accordingly. And if you're one of these individuals that lives an immunocompromised life, or you have a spouse or somebody that does, well, you should be used to taking these precautions year round. The flu, while 
apparently not as serious as what we're doing with Corona, right? Um, that comes around every year, right? Every year people get flu shots. Why? So they don't get the flu. It, it's never gone away. It will likely never go away because that virus just mutates at a, I mean, relatively high rate. So there's only as much you can do about it, right? But look, I digress. So what I want to, what I want to get into though, is let's look at, let's look back, right? It's been, we're coming up on 15 months and that, well, 15 months from when, uh, I say that as from when I started having to work remote from when my life personally was derailed. Uh, I was sent to work from home. We started seeing restrictions. We started seeing lockdowns. We started seeing business and, and, commerce closures and stuff all over the country. Uh, but if you really look at when we started seeing this become a true issue, it's been about a year and a half since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic really started sweeping across the globe and uh, lots of lessons learned uh, and lots of lots of stuff to talk about, about how we were impacted, how we're going to see the world going forward. Not to compare this to, to larger tragedies, things like the Great Depression, but um, you, know, you talk to grandparents or great grandparents who lived through the depression and they are a lot of them are hoarders, right? Never again will they be without, you know, you have a grandparent or something that lived through it. A lot of, you hear about it all the time. You go through their house, um, after they've passed and you find stacks of canned goods, stuff that's long since evaporated and, and, and 20 plus years past expiration date. But these people just, they stack and hoard food because they know what it was like to be without it right? They know what it's like to have to not, or to have to wonder where your next meal is going to come from, right? And that's just the basic stuff, uh, you know, things like being able to pay your bills, losing your home. I mean, that's all stuff that was lived through. So not to compare this too heavily to something like that, that spanned, you know, obviously several, several years uh, before we had the advancements in technology and medicine that we do now. But, um, I, I, I feel like there is almost a comparison there because we, as a people, uh, as a, as a culture, as a world, now in 2020 and, and in 2021, are so dependent on our technology and so dependent on, uh, you know, things and that we take for, you know, take for granted that maybe people didn't have uh, during the Great Depression. But looking back on it, right, mass lockdowns, okay? Um, at that point, the biggest thing you can say is that, well, I should have done this. I should have went out and bought that. You know, and they kept, and grocery stores were kept open. Uh, you know, gun stores, after in some places a lot of litigation, were deemed to be essential. Uh, so you could get, you could, if you were quick, uh, run out and get some ammo, run out and buy a gun or something if you were concerned. Um, and let's be clear about that. A lot of cities across this country saw rioting for different reasons. Um, but personally, I know uh, we had issues here in, in downtown Detroit. Uh, what do you want to call it? A, a protest, a gathering. Once the sun went down, the peaceful protesting, the the productive citizens basically left, and it turned into a display of ass hattery. Is is the best way I can I can put that to anybody? People out there doing donuts in front of the cops, and and the cops were out in riot shields, right? Um, it just it was a bad time. It was a bad time in the country. Hell, the Pacific Northwest right now is still uh, living through that bad time. Uh, a lot of people are moving out, moving to other states, trying to find ways to relocate their family because they don't want to live that way. The leadership, the Democratic leadership, 
in the Portland, Oregon area came out and asked for assistance from the National Guard, asked for assistance from the government because they finally, after months of condoning that behavior, lost control, publicly acknowledged that they had lost control, publicly acknowledged they needed help. These are things that a lot of us never thought we would actually live through or see, right? We never thought we'd be told we have to stay in our homes, that we you know, wouldn't know if we could get basic everyday goods like toilet paper, paper towel, frozen foods, hand sanitizer, milk, eggs, bread. When you think about the staples of life, right? If you were to if you were to whittle it down when we have, you know, here in Michigan or in, in the northern United States we have snowstorms and stuff, it's a joke around here because anytime they predict anything over four inches of snow, you can you you can watch the bread aisles and the, the eggs and milk and stuff all disappear off of grocery store shelves because we anticipate that we may not be able to get out. <clears throat> we anticipate that it may be harder for us to get out of our subdivisions. We anticipate that it, we're going to have to live off of this this stuff for a couple of days before it's you know the roads are plowed, before we're our vehicle, if we drive a car versus a truck or something, before it's convenient for us to get out. Now, we've lived through this where stuff was closed, right? Uh, we didn't know. It was months. There were months. People didn't you know where they were going to get toilet paper. You didn't have a Costco membership or Sam's Club or, you know, what is it, BJ's or whatever one of these uh, wholesale houses. You didn't have a membership there. And even even having that membership, I remember uh, right at the beginning of things, we had we got a text message or a Facebook message from a friend that lived in the area that had been waiting and gotten into the local Costco and was able to get toilet paper and like sent out a message. And I remember my wife jumping out of bed and in like three minutes was out the door, went and bought some. Now we make sure we have one plus uh, like one waiting in the reserves of the, like the big packs from, from Costco, Sam's club, whatever. Same thing with uh, paper towel, right? And it's a convenience thing, but paper towel has a lot of uses. You can, you know, you can utilize that to do a lot of different things. Same thing with bottled water. Bottle, bottled water is cheap, right? But when the lockdown set in, people were buying up bottled water because who knows what the hell is going to happen. Same with hand sanitizer. Then people started Googling how to make hand sanitizer, and then you had all of the products that go together and making that were disappearing because people were afraid you weren't, you weren't going to be able to find it. You weren't going to be able to get it, and you needed it for everything because hand sanitizer was the answer, which... I mean, truth be told, it, it helps. It's not really the answer. You know, there's there's some give and take to that argument, but that it really does go to highlight. We see the herd mentality starts to take over with people that don't have the common sense to do the research, that don't have the common sense to understand how to uh, how to purify their own water or don't store their own water or, you know, buy any on the regular. I remember the, when I first went, uh, it was a day I came home from work for the last time. And uh, we went to Meyer, and I remember the, the frozen food section, uh, or the refrigerated food section was just wiped out. And it was all like the shit junk food. Uh, you know, things like dino nuggets and hot pockets and, uh, you know, pizza rolls and bagel bites, like all the good stuff, right? That, that was all gone. And then so was the chicken and the bacon. Oh, of course, you got to have your bacon and everything. Fine. Um, but a lot of the frozen stuff was actually still there. Frozen peas, frozen carrots, uh, you know, you had frozen fish, 
uh, a lot of that stuff was was actually still there. I remember uh, seeing a lot of frozen uh, chicken uh, chicken strips or, or, or tenders, not not like the the fried breaded kind that you would that you know I think it's like Tyson or something, and it's covered in barbecue sauce or something like that. No, not not that frozen chicken. That was all gone. But like your normal just frozen chicken was still there. The stuff that you should be picking up and taking home to store in your freezer because that's a sustainable food source. People weren't taking that. People thought this was going to be what they said it was supposed to be, right? Uh, 10 days or 14 days, whatever, two weeks to flatten the curve. And it turned into 14 months of bullshit, right? And again, that's not to say that there wasn't a lot of serious shit going on with this pandemic, okay? I've, you know, I, I lived through it, right? I had COVID personally. I got through it, thank God. Um, to the best of my knowledge, I didn't lose any family or anything to it. Uh, but, you know, just an observation uh, of our own level of, pre- of preparedness from a supply standpoint, from uh, a planning standpoint, you know, can I, realistically, you look at what you have at any given point in time. And if you're up on the news, man, and you know what's going on, you know when you need to start kind of ramping up your buying and you you know when you don't necessarily have to so much and it kind of fluctuates with the seasons, right? People tend to buy more and store more during the cold winter months, at least, again, here in Michigan because that's less trips out into the inclement weather and the dangerous roads and such. <clears throat> but, you know, that, that it's, a, it's a good indicator uh, for you where your level of preparedness lies and also it's, a, it's an awesome example of uh, the herd mentality, like I was saying, that people don't know, man, why this is, it's literally a, a, just a gigantic example of why it's important to be well-informed and no alternative methods and means to get the stuff that you need to make it through your everyday life. And I mean, as adults, we can do without a lot. You got kids, that's a different story, all right? You got elderly uh, folks you're taking care of living with you. Again, that's a different story. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, being prepared is as simple as, you know, have a couple extra packs of bottled water. They're cheap, two, three bucks, right? That's less than $15. And the shelf life on bottled water is considerable. And I mean, you can just backload it. You know, if you grab a bottle here and there, you know, it's purified water. It's, you, you drink some just every couple trips to the store, grab another one, throw that on the, on the bottom of the stack and just take it, keep taking from the top, right? Being prepared can be that as simple or as complex as you really want it to be, uh, and you start to realize what you can live without pretty quickly once we weren't able to get it, right? So it doesn't mean, you know, I'm prepared. That doesn't mean that you have a six-month food supply or a a six-month water supply or, you know, backup. I mean, a backup generator would be cool. You don't need to have it, though. It doesn't mean that you're some kind of tinfoil hat uh, wearing you know, weirdo that, and I don't mean to offend anybody that does have a bunker, but you, you don't need to go that far. That's not what you're looking at from a financial standpoint. If you just plan accordingly, you understand how much you, it's understanding your own consumption, whether that's food, whether that's water, or whether that's household materials, right? <clears throat> um, we do it uh, right now, right? Uh, we just signed up for Black Rifle Coffees. Uh, monthly subscription service. Okay. So how we figured that out was we went to the local Cabela's and we bought two bags and we figured out how long it took us to get through those two bags, um, did some rough math and figured out here's how much we need per month. 
simple. I mean, approximately, give or take a little bit. So we go through, you know, it's, we get three bags with every delivery. And I don't know if it's every two weeks or if it's every month or whatever, but same thing. Look at what you consume water-wise. Look at what you go through and consume for clothing soap or deodorant. You know, if you go down to bare essentials and stuff, soap, uh, things you need for clean and safe living. I'm not talking about, you know, how many bags of Funyuns you go through and, you know, uh, how much steak you like to eat. Having food and having protein and meat is important, but it doesn't have to be the prime cuts and everything. So if you can do that, you can, it's going to take a little time, take a little bit of math, take a little bit of work, but you can pretty accurately predict how much you have of something and how long that's going to last you. And that's at your current rates of consumption. Obviously, if you adjust it so you use more or less within what you can, it might last you longer. Might not, you know, it just depends. Um, and then there's, you know, stuff that is good to have around that I think people take for granted, you know, um, stuff for starting a fire, you, you know, and you go, okay, well, we were on a lockdown. We don't need that. Well, here's where this all begins to come in handy is what happened when we went into lockdown businesses closed a lot of people lost their jobs okay so where can you start saving money starts to become a question right so number one that you can't do is get rid of the house right because you need shelter number two is probably electricity because well light um some heating some convenience that if you had an electric stove you had it you know how do you cook it but okay maybe you turn the heat down I know I have several friends that have uh, wood-burning stoves, and they heat their homes with those during the winter months to help save. They keep the thermostat at like 64, and then they keep uh, the wood-burning stove going. So having stuff like wood around, Duraflame logs, uh, or if you want to get real uh, granular about it, having tinder, having something to start a fire with. Um, you know, it, it just, you start to reevaluate what's important and what you actually, I mean, really need to have on hand. You know, that, that's that wood burning stove that you, uh, you hate because it sits in the corner of your you know, living room or something and you want to get rid of it, but it's too much work or, or whatever. Could it end up being a godsend in one of these situations? You know, you lose power, you lose, uh, heat, whether it's because of an outage or because you lost your job and can't afford to pay the bill, Right. Think about it. So looking back, again, getting back to the point here, looking back on COVID, these are all lessons learned. And if there's anything, any other, I guess, uh, overarching point to be made here, it's that there's no guarantees, right? Nothing's for certain. We were, uh, like I said, we were told 14 days to flatten the curve. That first, uh, I guess you want to call that that first phase lockdown, that didn't even last just the 14 days. It's not like we came back after two weeks and then discovered this wasn't uh, a good decision and went back into lockdown. Like that first lockdown lasted, it was almost two months before they started letting local businesses open up, right? So again, talking about having enough preparation, like do you have money in a savings account? Well, oh, I don't need it. Well, you, yeah, you, you really kind of do. Uh, if you look at how backed up the unemployment systems were, think about that. Everyone forgets about that, right? Because, you know, we've had, oh, we had three stimulus checks. Thanks, President Biden. You're the greatest. Not really. Uh, you know, people, before they got the stimulus bill passed, 
there were people who were laid off. I have a friend that worked at one of the local at the uh, the local stadium here where we have a couple of pro teams uh, play NBA and, and NHL. Uh, he was a bartender, made a good living, had a solid income stream. Well, when the lockdown hit, they canceled the seasons. There's no fans at the stadiums, right? So, um, dunzo for him, right? <clears throat> so then what do you do? Oh, I'm going to go apply for unemployment until I can figure something else out. Well, there were people that were sitting on the unemployment uh, phone line for hours and hours and hours of the day, four, five, six, seven hours, trying to get through to somebody, and the system was so backed up you couldn't get through. So then what do you do? Got to keep paying the bills, right? If you don't have money in uh, in reserve, and I'm not saying like just in a savings account, right? It may, not even a bad idea to have some cash around, some liquid cash, uh, you know, in case you need to buy something. It's always something else good to have. But, you know, it, it really highlights the, the, the mentality, the mindset of that will never happen is really never the mindset you should have. It can't be because inevitably something will happen. Hell, look at it now. I mean, we, we look at we're coming out of uh, the pandemic. Boom, gas shortage for a, a part of the country anyways. So if you had gas stored, just, you know, just for just in case, whatever, you'll probably be all right right now. Is it going to last you forever? No, but you'd be all right. Some of these states where it was up to $6 a gallon or the gas stations were just sold out and you had to drive 25, 35 minutes to find some place that even had it and had gas available for purchase, you'd be pretty happy you made those decisions, right? So, I mean, lessons that were learned here. I mean, guys, we got to take better care of ourselves. Uh, that's from a planning and prepping standpoint. I mean, medically speaking, take good care of yourselves. I know we all kind of sat home and ate and drank ourselves into oblivion for a little while there. I mean, get back on the horse, right? Make make good decisions. Um, you can't you can't just eat whatever you want and drink whatever you want. I mean, sure, when we're 17, 18, 19 years old, we're, you know, indestructible and and nobody can tell us whether we're wrong well i mean it doesn't take too long before you hit your 30s and then it all starts to catch up with you and then all of a sudden something like this happens and well hey you're diabetic well now you're at a greater risk for covid because you have this pre-existing condition or you're immunocompromised and i get it there's only so much you can do with some of these things but living a healthy lifestyle is important right Cut out the red meat where you can. Cut out the fatty foods. Definitely cut out the fast food and the fried food. Uh, I mean, that's that's like step one. You'd be surprised how quickly you don't miss it. Really, I mean, truly, I don't. I don't usually eat uh, fast food. Once in a great while, I think uh, actually this past Saturday I was hungover, so I ordered McDonald's breakfast for the first time in oof, several months. Several, several, several months. It's probably like a two, three times a year thing. I will have McDonald's breakfast. And it's usually always for the same reason. It's just something greasy to help me with my hangover stomach. But um, take care of yourselves. Eat healthy. Eat vegetables, uh, chicken, seafood. You know, occasionally some pork is fine. But it doesn't, you know, cut out the processed crap. And you want to take it a step further, be self-sustainable. This is something that we're going to talk about more in the future is growing your own food right? Have a garden, grow vegetables. If you have the ability to, to run, I don't want to say a farm, but maybe like some kind of homestead or something, you want to have chickens? Cool. There's eggs. Protein, right? 
you live on a farm, you know, maybe your significant other, dad, or somebody's a butcher, maybe you're a hunter. This stuff all plays into in, into being important, right? You know, if you're you were laid off during this COVID uh, situation, and hey, you went out and got two deer because you weren't working, so you had all day to go sit out in the woods, and you got two does or two bucks, and now you can feed your family, and that's saving you money in other places. Uh, you know, it's it, it's all relative; it all ties itself together. Uh, these were all again. I can't say enough. This is, this was an unprecedented situation for us. A lot of people just said, I'll never be in that situation. I never need to worry about it, right? And going back to the, the rioting and stuff that we saw, you know, we, we'll never see this again. Uh, you know, I have a great uncle that was a Detroit police officer during the, the race riots in the 70s here in Detroit, 60s or 70s, I'm sorry. Um, I grew, I, I grew up hearing stories from my dad and my aunts and uncles about their experiences as children uh, living through some of this stuff, you know, watching the helicopters from the National Guard fly over the lake. Because um, where we're at, we're, we're close to the water, and I have an uncle that owns a marina. So you're hearing those stories. It's like, wow, that'll never, that'll never happen again. We're just we're at a point now where we, we don't have those issues. Well, surprise, motherfucker. Um, here we are, right? We're in the middle of it, and I and I think we'll see it again. You know, over some of the some some really dumb reasons. I think I think people are letting their hearts drive their decisions instead of their minds. I think there's a lot of people in this country looking to, to tear it apart, all in the name of socialism, in the name of wokeness, in the name of social equity. And I think that those are that's misguided. By the way, not that I'm opposed to social equity. I'm not. You know. Uh, against the actual overall idea or message i am against socialism but not to 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 fight those points but how people are going about doing it uh the rioting the looting the burning the stabbings the shooting the the unprovoked attacks on people this is this is different than what we knew just a couple years ago and I honestly never thought I'd see leadership supporting this kind of behavior. I, I either side of the aisle, right? I never thought I would see elected leadership coming out and condoning this kind of behavior, and in a lot of cases now, promoting this kind of behavior. This is what people get for years and years of whatever. This is what you get. We're coming for you, and this these are elected officials saying that. Well, watch out. You better watch yourself. Basically, being told that we should live in fear, guys. This is a lot of this is stuff that we never thought that we would be dealing with well now we are all of a sudden people like well us right me those of you listening people who i've had on this show all of a sudden now maybe seeming not so paranoid maybe seeming not so uh out there maybe not so crazy with some of the ideas and concepts we have hey maybe i know i said it was really goofy that you own a plate carrier that you have body armor bulletproof vest whatever you want to call it right i know i said that was weird but now i'm kind of concerned because i work in one of those metropolitan areas where we're experiencing a riot where do i get that well you know what now it's too late because everyone else had the same idea that you did and they went out and bought it and now you can't get it Uh, we are just actually we're just now coming out of all that with the stimulus money, a lot of people turn around and they parlayed that stimulus check into uh, some new kit for themselves. 
right? They went out and they bought um, another gun, or they ordered ammo at a markup. <laughs> they, uh, excuse me, uh, they ordered plates. They ordered a plate carrier. They ordered a new belt. Uh, you know, whatever. People are taking their protection seriously because they're concerned about what might happen. Right? Uh, there's some several, uh, I guess you want to call them influencers on uh, on Instagram, right? Where people walk through, hey, this is my, you know, loadout. Um, if I remember uh, Josh Lowry to, to mention one that, that really stuck with me. And he seems like a real good dude, real solid guy. And he works with T-Rex Arms. And, and he actually moved out of the Oregon area uh, to Tennessee to get away from the rioting, to get away from the violence that the Democratic leadership was promoting uh, in that part of the country. I remember he did a video. He said, you know, my wife works in, uh, I think I think it was Portland, but he, he she works in the downtown area. Here's what I have ready to go if I have to come get her. Because obviously no one ever thinks that they're going to come, come across that situation. But what do you do as a husband uh, if you're at home working and your wife calls and says, I can't get home. I left work. Uh, there's protesters blocking the street. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're throwing bricks and they're throwing bottles. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. What should I do? You know, how do you help? Well, here, I'm going to grab a gun because I don't know if I'm going to need to defend myself. I'm going to grab a jacket. I'm going to grab a plate carrier. I'm going to grab a medical kit because I don't know what's going to have happened between the time I leave and the time that I get to that person, right? These are all questions. These are scenarios that we never really thought we would have to work through because for, and I speak for most people, uh, I guess we're technically millennials, but a lot of us that are in this uh, 24, 25-year-old to 35-year-old range, we've never and even older, I guess, have never really experienced any of this kind of violence or confrontation on American soil, right? Basically, anything that happened after the race riots, we, <coughs> excuse me, we never had that here. So we never even imagined that we would have to plan for such a, con, you know, a, a contingency for this kind of thing going on. Well, you know, here we are now. So you have to go get some of the, or maybe you live in one of those areas and it's not safe for you and your family. Well, if you never thought about bugging out before, you were starting to think about it awfully quick. How can I get out of here? Where can I go? Do I know anybody anywhere else? Guys, that's like the, that's the absolute worst time to find yourself thinking about that. And here, and so, and, and, and to put it in some kind of perspective, to put it in some kind of comparison, uh, you always have a, you have a plan for your kids, right? I remember growing up, my mom and dad used to talk about all the time. We have a plan. If there's a fire in the house, here's the plan. Here's where you go. Here's what you do. Okay, this is how you get out of the house if there's a fire. You know, we're taught about it. Well, we used to be taught about it in schools. You know, stop, drop, and roll. Fire safety. This is what you do. You know, uh, or the stranger danger thing, right? <clears throat> as they're pulling everything out of schools and trying to uh, liberalize everything that we teach kids these days. I digress. We have plans for those kinds of emergencies, right? You plan out and explain to your kids when they get old enough to understand, hey, when we're going to the store, we we'll go to the mall. If we get separated, go find an employee, tell them your name, tell them that you lost your parent, you know, what have you at the malls and you hear it, people get paged, they page their parents, they page for kids and stuff. And it, you know, unfortunately that kind of stuff happens. But what I'm getting at is that we have plans in place for those kinds of uh, incidents, right? Which seem 
almost relatively minor in comparison. Maybe not the house fire, but we, we plan for that stuff so that should it ever happen, we know what to do. However, we didn't have a plan for something like this, right? We didn't know, okay, if shit hits the fan, who am I calling? And I, I've made this comment in other episodes too, right? Uh, I had tons of friends that once they realized that I have firearms, that I have ammunition, that I have gear, that I have an abundance of water and toilet paper and, and some things like that, well, I, hey, I know where I'm going when, when stuff hits the fan. And it's like, okay, well, in your heart, you know you can do as much good as you can do, right? But you have to prioritize what you can do, who you're going to take care of. While I personally find it a little bit humbling to, or I guess uh, flattering, not humbling, I find it flattering to have people tell me, well, I know where I'm coming, um, because then they're putting their, I guess, their confidence behind me. In a lot of in a lot of instances, more so than I do myself, because I, I try not to hold myself in very high regard. Um, but you, I gotta take care of myself. I gotta take care of my wife and my family first before I ever even think about going out to my friends. Uh, but that gets a lot easier if you have a network set up, if you have a plan set up, and in this network, in this plan, this network of people. Everybody brings something to the table. Sometimes some people bring the same things to the table. For the greatest benefit, have a plan uh, for people that don't bring the same things to the table. Like, I'm not great with cars. I'm not a mechanic. I never was. That's why I have some close friends who are mechanics that do know how to work on cars. Uh, people with firearms. People with ammunition. People that know how to grow and prepare and store food. Uh, people that know how to do electrical work, people that know how to do camping and survival, right? Having the connections with those people so that in a time of crisis, you can call them, right? You guys can either get together and get the hell out of town. Or maybe if they're out of town, you are able to fall back to their location and maybe just spend a night there until things blow over. Maybe it's a weekend, maybe it's a week, whatever, until things are safe where you're at and vice versa, right? It takes a village, right? We hear that all the time from, you know, everything from getting over uh, a loss of a loved one to raising a child to whatever. It takes a village, right? And you, you see it in all kinds of stuff, but it's true, right? Especially here in the, the prepared community is surround yourself with those kinds of people and, and with people that can make you better, right? They can teach you more than you know, Okay, because it does you very little good to surround you with people that don't know anything and can't can't help better the situation. All right, now to some extent, supplies is to help better the situation. So if you have a friend who, hey, I bought a ton of ammo, I'm not a good shot, and I'm dumb as shit. Okay, well, bring the ammo, and we'll take you along anyways because you got to have it, right? But look for people that can make you better. That's why we bring the people on and talk about to talk about different things here, right? I brought so, like someone like Rob on, someone like Sam. Uh, Ryan and Jake have been on talking about, you know, hunting and fishing and camping. And Spencer was on months ago, you know, talking about medical care, things like that. We bring these other people in because they know more than me. Just straight up, I don't have a problem saying that. They know more about that subject matter, those areas than I do. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it's that that's how you're going to be best prepared. And again, looking back, maybe 
maybe now's a good time. If you don't have that plan in place, reach out. Maybe you reconnect with some friends from high school. Like, hey, man, I remember, you know, talking about this. Uh, I'd like to learn more about camping. I'd like to learn more about hunting. You know, and if it doesn't end up being your thing, like, dude, that's fine. It's totally fine. Go out, give it a shot. You don't know. Okay, maybe you'll love it. Maybe you turn into a lifelong hunter from the time you're 30 years old onward instead of starting at, you know, 14 like some other people did. It's fine. You know, maybe you hate hunting. Also cool. You know, uh, Sam is in the middle of teaching me land navigation because that's one of those things that, uh, you know, you got to do more than just once, more than just once or twice to, to really get out there and get the hang of, but can be something that's super valuable if you know how to use it, right? I'm in the process of studying, I guess, studying and learning uh, for my, my ham radio technician's license. Communications, right? When the grid goes down, right, in one of these uh, emergency type situations, the ham radio bands are not down. In fact, a lot of ham radio operators are uh, trained and authorized to assist uh, with emergency services in times of crisis and when there's, you know, danger to uh, for loss of life, I should say. So that's a skill set, especially if you have the, the supporting equipment to go with it. You got radios, you know how to use them, you know how to gather that information, you know how to vet that information. And yeah, that makes you an asset to somebody. Again, I, I had honestly never really thought about needing uh, the ability to use radios and use communications. Now I got into the whole land navigation thing uh, with Sam and we went on the trip up to northern Michigan, had a good time with that. Now I'm trying to find a way how we can build off of that skill set into something else and maybe, you know, bridge the bridge the gaps between some skill sets between myself and, you know, the close network that I've built of people I'm going to reach out to when stuff hits the fan, right? So, you know, like I said, lessons learned over the past year. Think about it. Okay, our 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 world is drastically different today than what it was a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it's never going to go back. It just it, it really can't. Once something like this has happened, it really can't. Uh, and we're going to we're going to see the the scars of this, right? For probably a couple of years to come. Things like think about the ammunition shortage, right? I don't know if we'll ever see ammo return to the price that it, that it was pre-COVID. You know, nine millimeter was eight, nine, ten bucks a box. Two, two, three, five, five, six. Just range ammo was seven, eight, nine, whatever uh, dollars a box. If you got the the green tips, the M855s, twelve or thirteen. You know, uh, you could find cheap ammo. That's not going to be a thing anymore. I don't, I don't believe now I could be wrong. You know, I know, uh, Remington coming through their bankruptcy issues and the business dealings that came with that being sold off to various different investor groups and entities. Remington is producing ammunition again. So they may be, uh, they may be the answer that that we're looking forward to that. I I don't know. I know that uh, you're starting to see some other smaller manufacturers pop up. I don't know if that's really going to be the answer, uh, at least to the point where it gets us back to that those those dollar amounts, right? And if you're somebody who was shooting those uh, those real bougie calibers because that was just that was just better, you know, um, you're wrong, and you're probably gonna have to pay for it. So you know, guys, it it really learn from what we just went through, right? 
learn from what we're living through and and make better informed uh, decisions off of it. It might cost you a little bit of money up front, but you'll be better for it. Yeah, and, and next time something happens, you'll have that extra. You'll have the medical kit. You're going to have the water. You're going to have the food. So uh, just some stuff to think about, you guys. Thanks for listening again this week. We're going to have more content for you in the next couple weeks coming up, hopefully bringing some people from outside our immediate footprint here. And uh, like we always say, get out there, train hard, and be prepared. <laughs>